all sorts of conspiracy theories, I feel like, with Bill Gates. Forget about the vaccines, which we all know. He's turning us into lizard people. That's a whole other series. I'll cut that. Now Yenshi's scared that I'm going <laughs> off on a conspiracy rant. I'm kidding on that. But he does own a ton of land here. just came over from the pop-up that the great folks at the Flatwater Free Press did at the Downtown Public Library. We're back in their office. The beating heart of independent journalism in the state of Nebraska. I'm honored to be joined by Destiny Herbers, Yenshi Shu. How are you? Good. It's a snowy day, or it's been a snowy few days. And it, it sure has. And I'm still getting used to it. And You're not from here. No. <laughs> <laughs> but Destiny has weathered the storm, if you like. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm from northern Michigan, so I'm used to a bit of snow. Oh, but... yeah. Are you a youper? Or... Not quite. Okay. Just under the bridge. <laughs> just under the bridge. All yeah. right. And Destiny and Yenchi, if you've been following, I have posted some on the newsletter, are doing a massive series, incredible report on basically who owns the state and the land and who's acquiring it. What was the impetus of the series idea? The series idea came out of a UNL journalism class. They had collected some data from the Department of Revenue land sales over the past five years. They had done some pre-reporting backgrounding a couple of the companies and had flagged some things and then turned the data over to us. So we developed the stories as we went looking through and cleaning that data and finding who's behind LLCs, combining LLCs into the most accurate owner. So the stories just unfolded as we dove deeper. When you first get a pile of information like that, is it overwhelming? Do you have a good sense of where you're going to take this? What's the first step in a series like this? So we got five years of data from the Department of Revenue, and of course it was very messy. And when we started, I attended the UNL journalism class a couple of times and just to see how students were approaching this, the idea to find out who are the top buyers of agricultural land in the past few years, the UNL class and Professor Matt Waite actually came up with those storylines and basically what we could do with the data. They came up with this idea and then... So it wasn't just of- raw, it had some thought put into it that you could take it and run with it yeah for sure and then destiny mostly destiny and i we cleaned the data up because there's a lot of spelling inconsistency so that we can make sure that when we were categorizing who bought what we wanted to make sure that they all fall under the same entity if it's the same address or the same family or if we have proof that it's actually the same entity how long was the from when you got the information from the UNL people to publication, how long was the gestation process on this project? <laughs> like four months, something oh, wow. like that. Yeah, it was a really big lift just to get the data in, yeah. in a position where we felt comfortable turning over what we did to the public. And that was honest and reflective because different county assessors tracked things differently so i had to call probably 40 county assessors and clarify things with them so that whole process just took a really long time but we both care a lot about providing good data to people and making sure it's as Mm -hmm. reflective of reality as possible and so destiny what was your first impression on everything that you got and what were you most excited to dig into 
I was most excited for sure for the first story that I wrote separately for the series about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, yeah. more commonly known as the Mormon Church. That um, was very interesting and yeah. surprising. Yeah, I have to give credit to whichever journalism student, I'm not sure who it was, flagged Farmland Reserve Inc. as a church-affiliated company. But on the the version of the data that they had pre-cleaning, they were lower down on the list of buyers. But as we did our own cleaning to the data and really started to mash things together, they just climbed the list. Yeah. Climbed, climbed until they were number one by double second place. Right. And so I was like, and him, I wow. mean, exactly. You yeah. had never heard that in the, the mix. Yeah. They've got nearly as much land as Ted Turner now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And when you start figuring out something like that, when you try to contact the church, was it difficult to get them? They're not known for being extremely media savvy. <laughs> I had better luck with them than I know some other journalists yeah. have had, which is probably because we're from a publication that doesn't really have a relationship with the church or really any church to begin with. So there's no prior relationship that right. I had to work against so they were pretty responsive to me they answered a lot of my questions which is definitely not usual the church tends to take a we're not acknowledging it stance they tend to not comment on stories like this because there have been stories done about land ownership by other publications in other areas so it was a little bit shocking for me that when colleagues before me in other places hadn't had luck getting the church to comment when the church sent me pretty comprehensive answers to the questions I asked them. And what about the Bill Gates folks? <laughs> the Bill Gates folks take a similar approach, <laughs> not really commenting to journalists. He's a religion unto himself, almost, is, right? Yeah. We did get them to confirm that his land ownership in Nebraska is a personal investment and not part of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation's work research experiments, things like that, which I know is a cause of concern and conspiracy in Nebraska. What is he using this land for? Just money. (laughs) Yeah. So they at least were able to speak to that and clarify that for us. Yeah. Were you getting response from the conspiracy world? Were people flooding in? And what was the response that was coming in as the series got going? Oh, yeah. From the first story that was posted, it had an overview. So it mentioned the church. It mentioned Gates. It mentioned foreign countries, and immediately uh, Twitter replies everywhere. Well, always, yeah. like, What's Bill Gates doing? What do you mean the church is in there? Like, pretty much immediately there was a lot of interest in those things. Yeah. So that definitely also guided our reporting, because when you're getting inundated with questions about a specific buyer or topic, you definitely want to speak to that and respond to your Did audience. Did you have anything that came in that led you on a different path than you thought you were going down, or that revealed more to a story, or... It was it all just pretty straightforward reporting? So going into the story, the series, we wanted to show people how there's this myth versus reality. And when people talk about Bill Gates trying to obtain water rights in the state as being the biggest reason why he's buying Nebraska land, we wanted to see if that's true. All right. And so. That's why we did two stories, one about Bill Gates' ownership, and then we did another story about water rights. Those were the two last stories of the series, and then we wanted to show people in Nebraska, for example, you can't actually, so you can't just transport water or whatever. It's not like you can own the water underneath your land. It's a right to use. And then, of course, the Gates, the family foundation, the Bill and Melinda Gates 
foundation is different from his personal investment. Yeah. So we wanted to show people this is how you think that they're operating, but then why are they buying this land? And we tried Destiny, for example, really tried very hard to contact all the buyers involved in those stories and really verified with them. Is this how much land you own? Is there anything we're not aware of? Did you buy land through another entity? And why did you buy this land? I think the overall questions we're trying to answer is who's buying Nebraska? And yeah. We had limited data to answer this question. We wanted to show that we have big corporations buying a lot of land because in a competitive hot market, they just have an advantage. And then going into the top buyers, we want to show people this is how much land they're buying, the reasons and what pulls these out-of-state investors in, and then we're showing them what's the status quo and the newest findings we have based on hard data we're able to access. Did any answer to why are you buying this land surprise you? I think I was surprised that Bill Gates has from like his public statements and then also from them clarifying that it's his personal investment has taken that hard line of it's just money. Yeah. It's just money for us. That was definitely a surprise to me. And obviously I'm not in his head. <laughs> like right. I don't know. I don't know if that's Be- true for any of the buyers. Turner's thing was letting the buffalo roam yeah. ostensibly. Yeah. And we knew about Turner's bison yeah. preservation for right. a long time and one of our interns Evelyn had written that story and we were really trying to figure out what's next because Ted Turner was diagnosed with Lewy body dementia yeah. a few years back so we were and he's indicated that he might be donating land to nonprofits so that was another interesting step towards the future that was a thread that ran through the project was how are these decisions that are happening now and these sales we're seeing potentially impacting the future of what land ownership looks like in Nebraska from all of these different angles. Does it look like more out-of-state investors like ultra-wealthy Bill Gates coming in? Does it look like land being turned over to nonprofits for conservation effort? Does it look like a small farmer is going to be able to get his start with land ownership? Those were all the moving forward questions that we had. Oh, and I just was going to chime in. And Destiny also wrote this story about foreign land ownership, which didn't surprise us that much, but I think that definitely informed Nebraskans who had previously not so incorrect impressions of who's buying Nebraska farmland, especially coming from foreign countries. Yeah, land ownership is now entangled with renewable energy and development and issues like that. So it's the idea of who's buying Nebraska and what does it mean to be a farmland owner, I don't think isn't what immediately pops to the average person's mind of a farmer out there with his own land doing his own thing. That's not the reality anymore. And that's not what we were seeing in the data. So we were just trying to provide as many different angles as we could for the readers of what does it look like now. How do you even start on f- the foreign land ownership? What do you, I don't even, <laughs> do you call the State Department or? Yeah. The, I'm, I'm not, I don't mean to sound naive, but I don't, I'm like, what's even the first step? The USDA has a database called AFIDA. I don't remember what the acronym stands for, but AFIDA. And it basically tracks any foreign interest in land, which is hard because interest doesn't mean ownership, but it can mean ownership. And in the case of Nebraska specifically, it means long-term easements because overwhelmingly 
foreign interest in Nebraska land is wind energy renewables from Canada, <laughs> not from anywhere else. Like, that is overwhelming. I've always suspected them. <laughs> Everyone thought Canada was fine, not me. <laughs> yeah, they're building yeah, a lot she's of development she's leaving again. Here. I'm kidding. Come back. Um, but, yeah, I distilled that data down to the Nebraska level and luckily some UNL researchers and she sat on a class with them. Back that, to school. Yeah, back to school. The learning for this never stops in journalism. That's what's so wonderful about yeah. it. Yeah. So we had some of the notes from that class that gave us a little bit of context to what was happening. But that data is flawed um, yeah. because it's self reported. There's not a lot of oversight as to if you're actually being truthful in your reporting and the ways that land ownership is conflated with easements in the data, I think leads to some people looking at the total numbers and thinking, oh my God, this country owns all this yeah. land. It's hard to bring all of the nuance into yeah. using that data. So that was something that I was really focused on was like, we cannot lose <laughs> the minute differences. What was your response from Western Nebraska folks? And I, I don't know if you've had a chance to go out and do an in-person event after this series is done, but I know at least Matthew and, and many of you have ties out there. Did you get a sense from ranchers, farmers, people going, okay, interesting, thanks, shocking? What, what did the average family farmer out west make of all this? In the first story that's about the overview, when we tallied up how many ag acres that these top purchases have bought in the past few years, a lot of the top buyers by acreage, they were ranchers or they, they own cattle operations. And they, one of the companies we interviewed, he's from Wyoming and farms near the Colorado, Wyoming, Nebraska border. And he thinks that he's expanding his farm to pave the way for future generations to come. Good for him. This is a lot of money. It's almost $20 million he paid for lots of land. But at the same time, he also sees himself as a good neighbor and all the neighbors know him. And then that's also happening against the backdrop of a lot of farm families really as farmers age and their kids and grandkids may leave their hometowns and go off to different cities and maybe they become this absentee owner that is not really farming the land they're getting some help from uh, farm managers or ranch hand and all kinds of people so that i think that it's important to capture the overall kind of economic development piece of it and so that yes of course you have ranch land in western Nebraska and then you have farm fields and cornfields in eastern Nebraska it's almost a different reality for them but there seems to be a a theme that's consolidation in some sense where people with line wallets would be able to afford land and it is becoming increasingly hard for people who historically haven't had much wealth and land to basically start, which I think is true at both for farmland and ranch land yeah. in some ways. And then, of course, like when you have a transaction for ranch land, it's typically a lot of land. How are you going to be able to afford it, right? Yeah. Destiny Herbers, Yenchi Shu, honored to have you. Rock on. Thank you for the great journalism. Really appreciate it and look forward to 24 and everything you got going on. Thank you for you. Yeah.